Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to a special birthday celebration. Yes, Photoshop just turned 30 years old. This is episode 43 of the podcast all about Photoshop, and I'll be reminiscing about the history of Photoshop. Welcome, welcome. My name is Dave Cross. If you've just happened upon this Photoshop podcast, that's what I talk about is Photoshop in one form or another, hopefully giving some suggestions on how to be more efficient using this amazing program. The other day, Photoshop officially turned 30 years old, which is hard for me to believe because I taught my first Photoshop class about a week and a half after it came out in 1990. So it's hard to believe it was 30 years ago since I'm only 39. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, but it's it's amazing to think of how much time has gone by and how much Photoshop has changed. And I'm sure each of you has their own memory of the first version of Photoshop you used and, and your first experience with it. I'm going to go through kind of a little bit of a, a reminiscing a little bit, I suppose, of thinking about the different versions of Photoshop and some of the key features that came out in those versions and what a difference it made as we use Photoshop. Now, as we know, the first version of Photoshop, the official first version 1.0 came out in February 1990, but there was a couple of previous versions, several in fact. The very first one was actually initially released in January 1988 and had version 0.07, which was not actually publicly released. It was just a demonstration that had some exposure to different companies. And then in March of 1989, there was the first commercially distributed version that was actually licensed to the scanner company called Barney Scan. And the name of it was actually Barney Scan XP. So it didn't even have the Photoshop brand name on it. And then, in, as I said, in February 1990 was the very first version 1.0 that was only available on the Macintosh which was actually true for the first two versions of Photoshop. It was a Mac only uh, for those two versions. And back in version one, there were a lot less tools and no layers and one undo, <laughs> a lot of different changes. If you haven't already seen it, do a search for Photoshop 1.0 in Creative Live. And there was an interesting video that Creative Live folks did a couple years ago where they had a bunch of instructors trying their best to do something with Photoshop 1 and experiencing some of the challenges with things like one undo and no layers and the fact that when you were in levels, every time you made any change, you had to click update or preview or something like that to be able to see any change. But anyway, it's an interesting video to see uh, the, what's happened over the years just when you look at the toolbox alone and see the differences. So then in June 1991, Photoshop 2.0 came out and added things like paths and support for CMYK color, which was very important for people in the printing world, as well as the ability to bring in an EPS file and rasterize it. So people would bring something from a program like Illustrator, for example, and rasterize it into Photoshop. The first Windows version was Photoshop 2.5, which came out in November 1992 and had added a couple of things, mostly 16-bit per channel support. 
Now, before this, each version of Photoshop came on multiple diskettes, but this is the first version that was actually available on a CD-ROM. It was actually called the Deluxe Edition, <laughs> which sounds pretty funny to think about now. And then Photoshop 3.0 was the first major step forward that most people remember in September 1994 because it was the first one that had layers. Now, it's hard to believe now or hard to even imagine working for the first four years of the world of Photoshop without layers because we rely on them so much now. But at the time, that was a brand new innovation. Now, just as an aside, previous to that in Photoshop 2.5, there actually was a plugin you could get. And I've just forgotten the name of it because it was so long ago, but it was actually a third party company that figured out a way to kind of add the equivalent of layers sort of in Photoshop. So I think that probably was part of the main reason why layers appeared so much more quickly after that. That was actually the 3.0 was the last version that was in, on floppy disks. After that, it only came out on CDs. And one thing that Adobe did back then, which I think was really smart, was they included a limited edition version of Photoshop in with most scanners. So almost every scanner sold had a version of Photoshop and it was enough to kind of get you hooked. But then pretty quickly you realized that you wanted the full version of Photoshop to do all the things that the limited edition version couldn't do. In fact, I remember being at a trade show once where all these different scanner companies had big signs saying, buy a scanner and includes Photoshop, which was you know pretty cool. But I remember seeing one company, I thought, okay, these guys are pretty smart because they had this sign that said, buy the limited edition version of Photoshop and get a free scanner, which back then was a pretty big deal because scanners cost a lot more than software did. So taking that approach of buy the software, get the scanner for free, I thought was pretty darn smart. But I talked to so many people that that was their first introduction to Photoshop was getting it quote unquote for free as part of a package with the scanner they bought. And then very quickly, as I mentioned, would have to say, okay, I need more. I need more of this Photoshop. So then they'd end up purchasing and getting hooked into the full version of Photoshop. Now, the big thing for me, I would say that probably the time where things changed the most was Photoshop 4.0, which was November 1996. As back then, it was uh, just about two year cycle that the new versions came out. And that version introduced adjustment layers, actions, the navigator palette, which don't really use that much anymore, but at the time, very interesting, guides and grids, free transform, multicolor gradients, and the ability to edit them with the gradient editor, the gallery effects filter, PNG file format, PDF file format. Now, just so you know, I'm looking at a Wikipedia type entry that has all this because I don't remember all these things. I have a hard time remembering what happened in the last couple of versions of Photoshop. <laughs> Next, another big change, and it's hard to, this is really hard to imagine. So Photoshop came out in 1990. In 1998 was the first time that text was editable. Think about that for a second. Text that you had to edit in a text box, and as soon as you clicked OK, it became rasterized text and you couldn't edit anymore. So we spent an awful lot of time redoing text from scratch anytime you wanted to change spelling or font or size or anything like that. So that think about that. That's a pretty, pretty crazy thing to think that eight years of working with type that way. Also introduced in version five was multiple undos and, and the history panel. 
Imagine that, all those years of having one undo. It really meant we had to be very careful with our planning. And this whole thought of working non-destructively really didn't exist very much. Also introduced was the magnetic lasso and the magnetic pen tool, as well as spot color channels, the channel mixer, adjustment layer, layer effects. Wow color sampler, and some other things that, yeah, okay, the measure tool, thanks. <laughs> After that, version 5.5 was, uh, Photoshop was bundled with something called ImageReady. Do you remember ImageReady? That was kind of like a separate web creation tool that lasted for a number of years and then eventually went away as those features just got sort of built more into Photoshop. Now, I'm not gonna go through every single one, but Photoshop 6 introduced vector shapes and the liquify filter. Version 7.0 in March 2002, text became fully editable, also introduced the healing brush and spell check, as well as a new painting engine, one of those under the hood things that you didn't actually see, but made a huge improvement to the way that it worked. And in August 2002, there was a small update, 7.0.1, that introduced this thing called Camera Raw as an optional plugin. So that was the time that Camera Raw made its debut. October 2003, Camera Raw 2, Shadow Highlight Command, Match Color, Lens Blur Filter, Smart Guides, Real-Time Histogram, Support for Files Over 2 Gigabytes in Size, and Documents Can Be Made Up to 300,000 Pixels in Either Dimension, and Also Type on a Path. So we'll continue our journey down the history of Photoshop and learn when all the tools were introduced. But first... It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is really a reminder to keep up to date with your latest updates to Photoshop in the Creative Cloud because just the other day, Adobe quietly updated Photoshop and made some really important improvements to the Content Aware Fill workspace, including the ability to make multiple edits and to decide whether you want to sample all layers or not. So two big changes that came in an update just the other day. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. The next significant change in the history of Photoshop came in 2005 with Photoshop CS2, which could also be called Photoshop 9, I suppose, that had an update to Camera Raw, Image Warp, the Spot Healing Brush, the Red Eye Tool, Smart Sharpen, Vanishing Point, but above all else for me, smart objects were introduced in this version and that started me down a path of creativity and flexibility thanks to the wonderful world of smart objects. The next couple of versions, CS3 and CS4, had a few tools along the way that were important, such as the quick selection tool. They had added things like auto-align layers. Smart filters were introduced, which were very important. ImageReady went away in Photoshop CS3. And also introduced was content-aware scaling. Now, in the tip I just mentioned, content-aware fill, that was introduced for the first time in Photoshop CS5. Now, back then, by the way, there was also an extended version of each one of these that had some features that weren't in the main version. So if you happen to have a version, there are a few things you're like, I don't remember that. It might have been because you had the quote-unquote regular version, and some of these things were only in the extended version. 
things like the mixer brush and a couple of new blend modes were introduced. But really for a, the next big step came with Photoshop CS6 in 2012. This was the last version that was considered a perpetual license, meaning you could buy the software not under subscription. After that, it became Creative Cloud and subscription only. But uh, of any version, I would say CS6 was probably one of the biggest overall improvements and changes, which is why when the Creative Cloud first came out, I told people, you know, if you if you find yourself having to stick with CS6 at the time, it's a pretty good version. If there's one you're going to have to stick with because it introduced things like automatic saving in the background, content aware patch tool and move tool, color range added the ability to work with skin tones. There was an update to camera raw. The crop tool was enhanced. The properties panels introduced and they had all kinds of options in there as well as the adaptive wide angle filter paragraph and character styles just a lot of stuff came out in photoshop cs6 and then of course the world of cc started so now like the very first version of photoshop cc would have been the equivalent of photoshop 14 and that was in 2013. That introduced some of my favorite things like camera raw as a filter and conditional actions. The next couple of versions, because now we were, they were being introduced more frequently. For example, Photoshop CC was in 2013, June 2013, but then there was an update in September 2013. So now we're, we got out of that two year cycle and started getting into uh, much more frequent updates. And then in so January 2014, only a few months later, there's another update to Photoshop CC with things like perspective warp and linked smart objects and an update to camera raw. In June 2014, CC 2014 came out, which had some improvements such as focus mask and smart object improvements and camera raw eight. Then after that, the changes started to become more frequently and frankly as an instructor became kind of nightmarish because people would would say well do you have cc you couldn't just say do you have a creative cloud version do you have cc 2015 or do you have 2015.1 because there was some differences there and even in photoshop saying and even saying well no i had photoshop CC 2014, which version of 2014, because there were several, and that's where it started to become really challenging. Believe it or not, in January 2016, there was actually a version that was no, <laughs> this sounds so funny to say it out loud, 2015.1.2. Yep. Had, had quite a few little small but important changes made in a I would say kind of like addressing issues and some of those little small but important changes, uh, a lot of those. But then there was a CC 2015.5 and a CC 2015.5.1. Oh, come on. Now it's just getting crazy. <laughs> so I'm not going to go through every single, I'm just scrolling through to see some other important things that happened. Uh, a lot of these were just error changes. The next thing that I see a fairly significant change was in CC 2018 that introduced the curvature pen tool and had a change to brush management. You're able to access your Lightroom photos directly in Photoshop. 
Now, scanning down the list, this is, again, where life gets so complicated because I'm looking down here and I'm seeing there was a CC 2018 introduced in October 2017 and then another one in November 2017 and another one in January 2018 and another one in February 2018 and oh wait another one in March 2018 and in April and in May and in June and this is when the creative cloud theory of we're going to bring out updates as soon as we need to for things like security updates which I personally believe was a great idea because I didn't want to have to wait two years like I used to but again trying to keep track of version numbers and so on was just really really challenging now of course more recently we moved through CC 2019 and then into Photoshop 2020 and a small little thing that many people didn't notice but after CC 2019 now when you look at Photoshop it doesn't say CC anymore technically it's just Photoshop 2020 so and Photoshop 2020 introduced new features including things like the content aware fill workspace which has just recently been updated as well as uh, the object selection tool select subject had come out just before that so the cool part is looking back at the difference I mean it's hard to imagine again life without layers and life without smart objects and adjustment layers and all these non-destructive ways of working let alone the fact of all the tools that are there now that didn't used to be so here's a fun idea try this just for fun open a document in Photoshop and try to make a document that doesn't use any layers only allow yourself one undo and if you add type, you have to just add it once and you can't change anything. And if you do, you have to start all over again. And that'll give you a, just a little bit of an idea of what it was like in the first version or two of Photoshop. But thankfully, the team at Adobe that continues to work on this program and innovate, I'm sure glad they do because thinking about how far we've come and some of the great tools that have been developed, along with some of the ones that we no longer see anymore. But let's think mostly about the ones that are still there that are pretty amazing and make our lives easier. So I would just say happy birthday, Photoshop, and to all the people at Adobe who continue to work on this wonderful program. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, my friends at Adobe. And speaking of appreciation, I appreciate you as a listener. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you didn't mind me reminiscing through just a whole long list of all the cool features that have come in Photoshop over the years. I'm Dave Cross. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.